And our theme for this morning is, this is how we overcome. It's the connection between praise and worship and overcoming in life, overcoming those things that confront us. Being able to use praise and worship as a weapon to overcome that which we come up against. So, first of all, if we turn to 1 Samuel and chapter 21. Now, I'm doing two radical things this morning. Firstly, I'm using my tablet, so that could be a challenge. I tried this out in, in India, and it did work. So, um, But if I suddenly lose all my notes, I'll just, you'll know that I'm just waffling. Um, and secondly, I'm preaching just from brief notes rather than detailed notes. So we'll see what happens, shall we? 1 Samuel chapter 21, starting at verse 10. Then David arose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of this one as they danced, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? And David took these words to heart and greatly feared Achish, king of Gath. So he disguised his sanity before them and acted insanely in their hands and scribbled on the doors of the gate and let his saliva run down his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Behold, you see the man behaving as a madman. Why did you bring him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this one to act the madman in my presence? Shall this one come into my house? Suffice to say, this isn't David's best moment. Two <laughs> fancies. Sitting in the doorframe, writing, scribbling on the doorframe, and saliva running down the edge. No, I don't think it's the, the first choice that most of us would make um, as a way of behaving. Um, but the situation is this, of course. David had previously been Israel's hero. He'd defeated Goliath. He'd led the armies. Um, he was the movie star of his time. Everybody knew who David was. The girls were swooning over him. The men were admiring him and wanting to be him. Not only that, he'd become married to the king's daughter and was no less than best friends with the king's son. And suddenly, as a result of jealousy, the king turned against him. And the king wanted him dead. I won't say I've wanted any of my son-in-laws dead, because I haven't. But this king wanted his son-in-law dead. And he turned against him. And David, of course, fled and ran away in fear. And where did he go? He went to the enemy. He went to the people who he'd just slaughtered in battle. Not necessarily the wisest move. And there he is. He's gone to the king, one of the Philistine kings, Achish, king of Gath. And he's gone to his household and, and, and uh, there they're remembering that, that they sung songs about David. David has uh, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And David becomes fearful. So he thinks, how am I going to escape from this situation? How am I going to survive in the midst of, of this danger that's confronting me, that we're in the house of my enemies? So he does what all of us would do. He pretends to be mad. <laughs> Some of us don't need any pretending sometimes, I think. And he's there salivering 
writing on the door frame, doing all these things. I think probably he's at one of the lowest points that he hit in the whole of his life. How would you feel in that situation? Would worship be in the forefront of your mind? Would the first thing out of your mouth say, praise God, I'm in this situation? Anyone? Any takers? Okay, well, let's turn over to Psalm 34 and let's see what David's response was. This was written in the midst of this experience. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Well, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against the evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears them and delivers them from all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. But the Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. This psalm is a testimony of David's response. He says, look, I was in this dire situation. I was in fear of my life. I was pretending to be mad. But God rescued me. I turned to the Lord and he lifted me out and he saved me. See, praise in the midst of difficult circumstances is a choice of the will. It doesn't just descend on you. It doesn't just get a warm, fuzzy feeling and suddenly I'm going to start praising God. It's a choice of the will. David starts the psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to praise God because he's worthy of it. I'm going to offer to him what he is due. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what I'm feeling, God is still worthy to be praised. I choose to bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be in my mouth. 
Because he doesn't change. Our circumstances change, we change, but God doesn't change. And therefore he is always worthy to receive our praise and our adoration. And praise produces a positive attitude, which is infectious, not just for us, but for those around us. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Look, share in my testimony. Share in what I'm saying about the deliverance God's given. It's good. God is good. He's done it. And in the midst of his troubles, David does not ignore God. He doesn't give up on God. He doesn't slander God. He doesn't despair of God. He seeks God and thus is delivered. And listen to this verse. This is amazing. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Do you know that God's angel encamps around you if you put your trust in the Lord? Can you, walk, you can walk around knowing that angel is there behind you, setting his camp around you, giving you his protection. God is a good God. We're not on our own. He's there with us in the midst of it. When we trust in God in the midst of our circumstances, we will not lack any good thing. God provides for us. In 1993, I went self-employed. I spent a year, well, I spent a couple of years self-employed. During that circumstance, the first year I had two days with one company and then three days with another company. After about six months, the two days with one company went down to one day and then down to no day. So I had three days left. And then the company I was working for, we sold to Kingston Comms. And I went down to one day a week working because I was just helping with the transfer of the assets over to Kingston Communications. I had four weeks left to work. I had four weeks money and then none, no resources. I had four children. I had a mortgage and a wife (laughs) who's very expensive. And I was looking at a situation where I would have nothing in four weeks' time. What am I going to do? I will bless the Lord at all times. That week, a guy from Kingston came to me. And he came to me while I was in that office for that one day of the week. He said, "Um, Richard, have you got any time for it at the moment? Well, I might have a little bit. He said, we'd like all the time that you've got available. We want to give you a project to do. And suddenly, I'd moved from nothing to being fully employed. Because God is my provision. God takes care of his family, of his children. God is in the midst of our situation. And when we put our trust in him, and when we give thanks to him, he provides And he makes a way where there is no way. And the outcome of that whole situation, of course, is is why I'm here in East Yorkshire. God within that made a way open for us to come here. So for better, for worse, sorry if you don't like it. We're here because God called us here. (laughs) Thank you, Peter. 
See, praise gets us to the place of faith and trust in God. Praise lifts our eyes beyond the circumstance to the God who is able to intervene and overcome. You see, it says in 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's, it's impossible to please God. And he goes on in Hebrews to say two things. You have to believe two things in order for your faith to rise. Anyone remember what they are? Firstly, that he's real, that he is, that he exists. And give thanks for who he is and all that he is. Got to believe that he is. And secondly, the second thing you have to believe is that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. He is the rewarder of those who seek him. So there's two things that will cause your faith to rise. Believing that God is real. And that believing that his favor is upon you. And his face is towards you. And he wants to bless you. And he wants to provide for you. And he wants to make a way through where there is no way. For when our faith comes to that level, we can give thanks to the God who is greater than the circumstances. Now faith, of course, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, is the assurance of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen. In other words, it's that assurance in our heart that what we're seeking God for is going to happen. That he is going to help us through the circumstance. That he is going to get us past where we're at right now. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And hope is not a vague, I hope God will do this. It's a hope that's put its trust in the living God. How do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by One more time. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. Do you want to get faith for your circumstance? Then you've got to be listening. In order to listen, you've got to be seeking. In order to seek, you need to be praising. Because the starting point for seeking God... He's giving thanks for who he is, for believing that he's there, and for believing that he wants to reward those who seek him. And when we seek him in that way, the revelation comes. And God says, yes, I'm with you. Yes, I'm going to take you through. Yes, I'm going to get you to the other side of this circumstance. And then our faith can rise and it has something to hang on. And then we can continue to give thanks through the situation until he gets us to the other side. You see, our great example to this, and it says this in Romans, in Hebrews 12 too, is Jesus himself. It says, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame. In other words, Jesus was confronted with the cross, the worst possible circumstance that he was going to face in his life. 
The idea of going to the most barbaric death that's ever been dreamed up by mankind, it was confronting him. But he could look beyond in faith to what the cross had in store, the salvation of every one of us. Because he was able to look with faith beyond the circumstance, he could endure the circumstance. He could endure the pain. He could endure all that came at him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. You and I, when we get that revelation and that knowledge that God is with us through the circumstances, when we can see that beyond it, God has good things for us and he has a way for us to get to and he has a place for us to be and he has things for us to do and he has a testimony to build and he has this blessing that he's going to pour out upon us. That faith can take us through. But it starts by saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. And this is how faith and praise work together. We seek God. And in seeking him, we set ourselves in the place to hear. And we give him praise. And we praise him for three things. For who he is, a faithful God. And that helps encourage our faith. We praise him for what he's done in the past. And David does something of this. I sought the Lord and he answered me. When you're in a difficult circumstance, think about what God has done in the past. At very least he saved you. At very least he's given you life. At very least he's given you new life. He's forgiven your sins. He's pardoned pardoned all your iniquities. He heals your diseases. He rescues your life from the pit. He satisfies your years with good things. He's a good God. There's plenty to give praise to him about. And then thirdly, we thank him and praise him for the fact that he's in charge of the future. There is nothing that's going to happen to you. There is nothing in this life that God does not know about. Nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing creeps up behind him and says, boo. God knows your future. He knows the days that are ahead of you. He knows the circumstances. He knows the situations that are going to confront you in the days to come. And he's already there. And if we will but tune in and listen, he will give us the revelation to get through those things. We praise him for who he is. We praise him for what he's done. And we praise him for the fact that he's in charge of the future. And these things build a platform of belief in God. And in his power to deliver. And as we continue to seek him. His revelation about our current circumstances will come. And when it comes our faith has something to hang on to. And we can then praise him. That he has all things in hand. On the basis of this faith. And as we continue to praise him through the circumstance, our faith will grow. Our faith will grow. Our faith will grow. Until we know that he has us. And he's rescuing us and bearing us up through that circumstance. 
See, it's a choice. It starts with a choice. And we can go through these things on our own and, and get bitter. Or we can go through them with God and allow him to, to, to um, bear us up, to carry us, to see us through. You see, if in the midst of a bad circumstance we become consumed with the problem itself, we will just spiral downwards. But if we're looking to God in praise, we will overcome. That does not mean that the outcome will always be what we want. But we can go through the circumstances with God, experiencing his love, his joy, his peace. Or we can go through them on our own. I will bless the Lord at all times. You see, the things that confront us can become a fortress in our mind. They become a stronghold. They become that thing which is unassailable. That thing which I cannot possibly see a way that this is going to be defeated or broken down. And we have to deal with the strongholds of our mind. Turn over to 2 Corinthians in chapter 10. I'm just going to read verses 3 to 5. Bless you. Verse 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What Paul is saying there is that all of these things are like lofty fortresses that get built up in our minds. Speculations, thoughts, um, depression can be there. All kinds of things that that lock us into a negative thing, a negative way of confronting our circumstance. And then he says, we have weapons to break them down. We don't have to live with that fortress there confronting us. When I was in India, I went to a place called Bidur, which is in Karnataka. It's the next state on from where we normally go. And there in the midst of a fairly small town, it wasn't a particularly big town that we were in, was this massive fort. I mean, it was massive. The walls went miles. I've never seen such a big fort. They just surrounded this area. And in the midst of it was this fantastic building, or the remains of it, with bits of um, Islamic architecture and decoration and just beautiful pieces just left. And you could see, you know, the outside walls had, in places, three walls and moats between them. I mean, it was a mighty stronghold. It was massive. You think, how could anybody have overcome this? There were turrets around with massive great cannons that would have sat on them. They would have been full of Turkish mercenary soldiers. 
And yet at some stage, somebody besieged it and broke it down. You'd think that is completely impossible that that could have been broken down. And yet, every mighty stronghold has its vulnerabilities. And every stronghold that confronts us, everything that builds its stronghold in our minds, in terms of our circumstances, can be broken down. And actually God says, you've got weapons to do it. You don't have to sit with that thing confronting you and staring you in the face saying, look how strong I am. You can't possibly defeat me. Because God has given the weapons. And our first weapon is to praise him. And say, God, you're bigger than. I'm glad we sang that song this morning because I was going to actually refer to that. God, you're bigger than this circumstance. You're bigger than this fortress. You're bigger than this thing that I confront. You are able to overcome. If you weren't able to overcome, you would not be God. How big is your God? But because God is bigger, because God is more strong, stronger, because he is able to, to um, he's the author and the finisher, the starter and the ender, if you like, the alpha and the omega, The beginning and the end. Because he is all of this, there is nothing that confronts him that he cannot overcome. And when we praise him, we put ourselves with him in that place of overcoming. We put ourselves acknowledging that he is bigger than, that he is greater than, that nothing that confronts him will defeat him. And we can come to him and say, God... Though I can't see a way through this. Though I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. Though I don't know how this I'm going to get through this situation. You do. You're bigger than it. You're able to overcome. And I put my trust in you. And I raise up a song of praise in my heart. Because you are bigger than the circumstance. And our faith rises. And we overcome. You see we are called to be. Overcomers. You and I are called to overcome in life and in death. If I've got a relationship issue, my trust is in the fact that God loves me and has chosen me. If I have a financial issue, my trust is in the fact that God is my provider. If I have a health issue, my trust is in the fact that God is my healer. Whatever it is, God is bigger. So take time this week to think and to thank God and to praise him that he is bigger than your circumstances. And say with David, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The righteous will hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. See, God wants to build a testimony in your life of his goodness, of his salvation, of his overcoming. That you might have a testimony that can lead others into that same salvation. And the starting place 
is a heart that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you that you are bigger, that you are greater, that you are stronger. That, Lord God, there's nothing we can confront that is bigger than you. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll cause faith to rise in our hearts. And you'll cause a song of praise to well up as we acknowledge who you are and all that you are able to do in our lives. Let that, Lord God, infuse us and let it flow out of us. That we might indeed be a people who have a testimony of overcoming individually and collectively. Amen.